0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Plata Podcast, the official social platypus podcast. I'm Josiah, and joining me, as always, is Ryan Devere. Hey, how's it going? What's
1: up? Not much. Um, we've we've taken a little bit of time. Yep, and we're back at it. This is our podcast for uh, primarily video games, mm-hmm. some movies, things that people are making. Yeah, how are you? And we're going to talk about it. I'm doing well. We
0: haven't done one of these in a while. Um, life's been kind of crazy. Last time we tried to record a podcast, I ended up like in the hospital with gallbladder issues, and that was during <laughs> wow. Christmas, and, and we, just, <laughs> we just haven't been able to get, get back in uh, and do this. But I'm super excited to be here. Super yeah, excited too. to talk with you about some fun things. How are you doing?
1: <laughs> Still good.
0: <laughs> Still good? Yeah. Did I ask you already? Uh, I forgot. I don't
1: know. You said, how's it going?
0: Right. I don't think you answered. Anyway, so we're going to try a couple new things um, with this here podcast. Um, this, is a, this is a segment we're going to try out because we we kind of found ourselves in... A weird situation where we both have games that we're very excited about, and neither of us have heard of the other game. So this segment is called "Have you heard about this?" And so I'm super excited to pitch this game to you and hopefully get you sold on it. Um, are you ready? I'm ready as I'll ever be. Okay, picture this: Stranger Things. Sold. Sold. I'm buying Stranger Things meets Left for Dead. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) There's this game coming out called The Blackout Club. What it is, is a co-op, it's a co-op mystery, like supernatural mystery game where you're a group of kids. It's a first person. It's coming out um, for PS4 um, early 2019. So it's made by the same guys that worked on Bioshock. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. It's made by the same guys as uh, a couple of the same guys that worked on Bioshock, Dishonored, um, Thief series. Um, wow. Some of these guys are really good friends and they know each other super well. And so they wanted to tackle kind of some indie scene stuff. So Blackout Club is there's this kind of this underlying mystery to this town where these these middle school kids are starting to like see weird things happen in people's homes. Um, shady people are kind of popping up. People are going missing and so it's there. They're, they've kind of taken it upon themselves to solve what's happening, and so it starts out that way. And it's a co-op. It's a co-op, left, like Left 4 Dead style, set in a Stranger Things '80s wow. setting. Wow. Um, and so it's first person, and you have to investigate how people are missing, um, you know, where they're going. You kind of like start to follow people. Um, that you start just like follow your shady characters through the town and stuff like that. And it comes about because your kids, your characters like to hang out on the roofs of their houses. And they just so happen to see some shady stuff go down. And so they start to figure it out. The cool part is that it's co-op and they get to, um, there's like drop in and out gameplay where you can okay. be investigating a certain mission. Um, and one of your friends can just pop right in and lend you a hand. And you have specific skill trees. You know, one kid's going to be like the tech kid. You know, he's going to be super good with like <laughs> night vision cameras and stuff like that. And then one kid's going to be like a jock. He's going to be really good with baseball bats and stuff like that. And so you've got
1: skill trees. Um, um, quick question. Yes, is there going to be like the token uh, funny overweight kid? Probably. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I would bet so. Um, but what what's, what sounded super intense to me is that there's this he. Uh, there's an interview that I listened to with the guy who, um, who's making this. He said there's kind of this supernatural boogeyman. That's what the kind of they call him, the boogeyman. And you can't see him. And there's going to be this tense music that's kind of like playing in the background. And the longer that you're in the area investigating, trying to grab loot and stuff, the music's going to grow gladder. And you can't see him unless you close your eyes in the game. <laughs> and so the game goes completely black, and you can see him. You don't know where he's gonna be. He might be somewhere, he might be in the other room, he might be right in front of you. But you won't know until you close your eyes and you can't move while your eyes are closed. And I'm like, that sounds that sounds like so much fun. But after he said after every emission, there's a chance. So after you complete a mission in a house, you're looking for something, you complete your mission, there's a chance to stay in the house and further progress and find better stuff. But that's hmm. but if you gets caught or you die in that instance you'll actually lose all the stuff that you got beforehand so you're looting and whatnot once the mission's done you have a chance high risk high reward situation where a friend can still come in and help you out it sounds super fun it sounds like the best part of the division um you know the the blackout zone where you kind of you're really stressed out and you're running and you're, you're grabbing stuff and you might lose it all. Um, but the co-op, the setting, um, apparently the enemy um, enemy interactions are procedurally generated so they're not always the same. Um, okay. But the town that you're set in is always going to be the same. It sounds super ambitious. It sounds really fun. It looks, it looks amazing for a team of six guys who are making this thing. Um it sounds amazing. I it sounds like playing a game in stranger things and being one of the kids.
1: Yeah. Do you get to play Dungeons and Dragons in the game with your friends?
0: <laughs> no, but the guy that does um let me find his name here real quick. His name is Michael Kelly and he's he's kind of a notorious Twitch Dungeons and Dragons streamer. <laughs> okay. Um and so he he hosts streams of him um him and his friends. It's a it's a permadeath. It's a it's a permadeath Dungeons and Dragons Twitch that this guy puts out. <laughs> so he said he's gonna have a Dungeons and Dragons set up in one of the houses. You know, it's a little Easter egg that you can go find. Um, awesome. But the Blackout Club, it looks. Um, yeah, it I'm. Yeah, takes- I'm so sold. There's not. There hasn't been an indie that I go. Okay, I, I really, I really want to support this game they said alpha testing is probably going to happen later a little later this year um just to see if test the servers the drop in and drop out um
1: co-op stuff can work but uh you should check it out absolutely that sounds there's kind of been that left for dead hole since they've uh, yeah they've not you know valve has kind of stopped doing game development that's uh that sounds really cool. I'm so excited.
0: It <laughs>
1: did you see the, the Friday the thirteenth game that came out last year?
0: Yes. That blew up for a hot second and yeah. then disappeared.
1: Yeah, yeah. That 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 actually probably belongs on our on our list down later on in the conversation. Don't tease what we're talking about. Okay. All right. All right. Have you ever wanted to uh run a shop? You ever played rpg games where the the shopkeepers got all these things that repopulate magically yes now, you was ever actually... wondered i wonder what that guy does in his off time
0: <laughs> no <laughs> i <laughs> haven't i haven't heard about i haven't ever thought about
1: that well we're gonna get the answer okay the game is called moonlighter moonlighter uh it was kickstarted. A uh, couple years back, mm-hmm. beautiful top-down pixel art style, really good. Like some really good pixel art going on. Yep. Um, the the music composition's really good, but you play the shopkeeper in a game. Okay, you get to uh, set the prices mm-hmm. for your items. You get to uh, see the response from the from the customers. Sometimes. A customer might try and steal something and you have to chase them down. Can you chop off them. his hand? Uh, that might be added later. I don't, I don't <laughs> the know The
0: chopping off that. hand DLC.
1: <laughs> but eventually your inventory is going to run out, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to sell out of everything. Where do you go to get more? You go into the dungeons. <sighs> so every night you go down into the dungeons and you start collecting items. You kill uh, monsters and beasts and enemies and Collect various odds and ends that you and can sell Resell them and resell them. That sounds really fun.: So as you go along, you start collecting scrap metal and and things that you could then also allocate towards new weaponry, so that you could go farther down into the dungeon. you could go fight bigger, meaner bosses. Okay. yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> so this game is uh, it's coming out. They keep saying soon. They were shooting for first quarter, mm. but uh, it sounds like it's going to be uh, early second quarter. Um, it's coming out for pretty much everything: PC, consoles, the Switch, even the Switch. Yes, which yes. I'm very excited about. Um, yeah, I've been. I that just found funny. out about it recently. It's it looks really cool. Yeah, Go, you should definitely check it out and yeah, listen to the you soundtrack mean, that they you don't
0: ever you don't ever think about the shopkeepers in games. Yeah. They're just kind of a vessel to make money and to get supplies from. There's actually, um, there's a funny little scenario in, um, breath of the wild, Zelda, one of the first shops that you go in and you can talk to the guy and it's usually, what do you have for sale? Can I sell you stuff? And that's it. But there's a third option that says, you know, what, what are you about? Like, who are you? And you ask about him and he goes, huh? Nobody ever asks about me. (laughs) <laughs> that's not really why I'm here. What do you want to buy? And I was just like... <laughs> <laughs> I have no soul. I have no soul. And so this kind of puts some fun context behind.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'll and apparently there's, uh, there's a rival shop that you're contesting against. Yeah.
0: Nice. That's, can, can you name your shop? I don't know. Because I named mine Krusty Krab and I named Krusty theirs Krusty. The Chum
1: Bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. Greatest love story ever told.
0: That sounds super cool. So second quarter...
1: Yeah, coming out real soon. So that's our uh, first go at that segment. Have you heard about this? Have you heard about
0: this? Which I'm excited about because there's a lot of games that I think you and I both look at and that the other doesn't look at. Yeah. So, cool. I'm
1: excited. I'm excited to tell other people about the stuff that we throw at each other.
0: Sweet. Um, Cool. So. There's, there's some news articles here or there. Nothing that really grabbed us um, that we wanted to talk about. Um, so we're just going to move on to our main topic for, um, for this podcast, which is titled The, the flavors, flavors of frustrating. frustrating. I didn't know you were going to say that as well. <laughs> I love it. Um, so The Flavors of Frustrating, um, we were kind of chatting about what games frustrate us that we hate, in games that frustrate us that we absolutely love and so we kind of talked about what kind of frustrating there are in games and what makes it fun for me and what makes it terrible for you and so on so we broke these <laughs> up into some categories um we're going to break down the categories and then put some games in there that's um really that frustrated us. It, yeah
1: that did it um, well or did it poorly right because it's so, a fine line there's like yeah, there's really frustrating is. that builds tension and makes the payoff all the more, mm-hmm. and there's frustrating that just uh, it makes you want to walk away and never come back.
0: Yeah, and so we're gonna go through some of the games. Let's kick us off with our first flavor of
1: frustrating. So the first frustrating is just platforming in general.
0: Okay, so what is what?
1: So how do you define platforming? So you've got your 2D platformers like your Mario's mm-hmm. and your.
0: 3D platformers like your 2. Mario's.
1: <laughs> and you got the 3D platformers like your Mario's, <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> and both of them have their own very specific kind of frustrating. You have yeah. good frustrating like Super Meat Boy, which is challenging and very mm-hmm. precise and quick. And you have bad platforming like pretty much anything in the early N64 days. Like, yeah. did you ever play the game Glover? No. Really interesting choice of a protagonist. Is it a glove? It's a glove. It's an anthropomorphic glove. Gross. And uh, you spend the whole game babysitting a ball. Your whole objective is to move the ball from the start to the finish, and <laughs> it just it never quite found its stride. Very frustrating game. Okay.
0: Uh, I am not
1: partial to
0: platforming games. I mean, I've played my... Uh, Mario 64 and Super Mario Sunshine, love those games. Um, Super Meat Boy, I put 40 minutes into it, and I put it down. (laughs) You were out. I was out. It was too twitchy, too, it was really well done, and it's praised for that, but I just, I couldn't do
1: it. (laughs) (laughs) And then you also have games then like uh, Limbo, that's kind of the. Platformer, but it's still puzzle platformer, a puzzle I would platformer. Say. Yeah. yeah, and like that's that's frustrating in a different way. I would say, I mean, it's obviously a fantastic game, but there's right. a couple points when you you're not really sure if you're doing the right thing. And
0: yeah, yeah. But games that I platforming games that I really got into the Crash Bandicoot series, which just got released, you know, got our remake last yeah. year, and I was playing it, and I said, this is this is incredibly hard. But as a kid, I absolutely just I loved it. And I and I tore through it. Um playing it today, I was like, <laughs> this is a lot harder than I remember. Yeah. I, but I must have been better at video games back then. But that was that was my flavor of frustrating that I loved, which is three D colorful platforming uh like Crash Bandicoot that had a little bit of combat and whatnot in it, so platforming, awesome. All
1: right, what's the next ingredient in our, our frustrating <laughs> stew? Our- <laughs> controls. <laughs> controls
0: controls controls okay so this category is interesting it's a type of frustrating where the controls of games add to uh, add to the gameplay so it's it's not what the, the the controls aren't what you think they are and it adds to your experience so metal gear solid is a series tactical espionage action <laughs> is the type of game that says that's underneath it.
1: <laughs> There's a lot um, of things going on on your controller at any given time.
0: Yeah, you gotta, you gotta hold, you gotta, you had to hold down the left, like, R1, and move arounds, but you couldn't, you can move your gun around, but you couldn't move your character around in first person, and, and at least that's when they, in Sons of Liberty, in the PlayStation 2 one, um, where you had to hold still. You yeah. couldn't, I put, I I made, finger guns there for you guys, for the audio listeners for you folks <laughs> at home um for, yeah you was there's home um and so it added this level of tension of okay i need to make this shot but i have to hold still yeah and it's it was it was tense it was frustrating you're under fire and you you just have to hold still just like this statue um menus and they had these um cool little menus that popped up in the corners that sprawled out and you had to cycle through your weapons really really quick um that was weird. I've never seen that before. Um, <laughs> yeah. The X button is typically a jump button in PlayStation games. This is the uh, the crouch, I think, and it really threw you off. Um, and so because you're used to pushing X to, like, jump or sprint or whatever, but, uh, you know, Kojima just put it on its head, and it, it <laughs> you really had to rethink the way that you play a game, and it really added to the experience. Yeah,
1: it was absolutely frustrating, but I thought it was... Uh, masterful in a way because you had a character that was far and away stronger and more capable than anybody you were facing. Right. But you just had to get him to do the thing that you <laughs> yeah. were trying to get
0: him to do. Once you fumble over the controls, yeah. you just are, you're like you're dead, and you have to restart at the checkpoint. And it's like,
1: yeah, okay, I can do this. Resident Evil is another one that does that really well. <laughs> it, it builds the tension of the yeah. of the enemies coming at you because. You have to stop and aim. You have to, you know, you have to... In the original, you had to, like, tank control turret around to right. aim at something. Just,
0: wow. And same thing where you had to stop. You had to stop moving to aim your gun. You couldn't move and shoot at the same time. At least right. in Resident Evil 4. Right. The one that I played the most of.
1: Um, and then you have, like, the really frustrating... Basically, anything with motion controls. Yep. Like, anything from the from the Wii era or the the... Connect or the PlayStation Move or
0: you mean the ones that didn't
1: work uh, they didn't work at all I remember playing my way through uh, <laughs> red steel for the Wii nice. it was like their we can be edgy 2 game right yeah that was uh, It was so painful I actually just recently went back and watched gameplay of it and that, that poor soul playing didn't look like they were having fun mm-hmm. at all <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs>
0: um, sweet. So what is our next, um, what's our next flavor of misery?
1: <laughs> flavor of misery. Uh, glitchy Glitchy games. games. Glitchy games. Games that just don't work the way that they are supposed to.
0: Right. But there are some Ugh. games that we've had a lot of fun with that are still... This is true. ...super glitchy. Like Skyrim. <laughs> Skyrim, Elder Scrolls, is it 5? Five? 5. Yeah. Yeah. Um, amazing game. One of my... It is five. Sure. Oblivion is four. Morrowind is three. I think you're right, yeah. Don't confuse me. <laughs> Skyrim glitchy is a whole different level of glitchy. They've got so many systems going on in the backgrounds. NPCs, um, physics, um, weather dynamics. Like, all this stuff kind of colliding together. And Bethesda is made just... They're, they're, they've, they've made their whole career out of semi-making this work. Being glitchy. Yeah, being glitchy and just saying, <laughs> they put this all in a stew. Let's figure out what we can. But they ship in the end, a broken game. And yeah, so and
1: everybody loves them for it.
0: And so Skyrim's got examples of all types of terrible glitchy and really funny glitchy. So, like, if you're, um, one, of my, one of my pet peeves is side quests going unfinished. And so I have to clear out. I have to clear out my side quest bar, and I have to figure out what's going on. Sometimes, if you wait too long and you finish some quests before others, sometimes you kill a character that is necessary for the side quest that you got earlier. It happens all the time in these games. And so there it is, just sitting in my side quest bar saying, hey, you didn't do this.
1: Incompletable.
0: Incompletable. And it's... So Soul crushingly Frustrating
1: There's also some Fun ones There was a There was like a I think the developers Accidentally left a chest Somewhere in one of the towns That you (laughs) could If you aim Just right At this rock And this one little corner You could peek through the map And open this chest And it would repopulate With stuff As you leveled up Yeah It had like You got You know you had like
0: 10,000 gold And like the best armor And all kinds of funny stuff in it
1: Yeah but then the, 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 the worst of Skyrim was that... Uh, somebody was just telling me about this recently. Anytime an NPC is killed in Skyrim, mm-hmm. they, get, they don't get despawned. They go to a separate, basically a purgatory, uh, off-map. And they, oh, so they're, they're always rendered. So for as long... like So anytime you play Skyrim long enough and enough characters are killed... You'll eventually crash the game, you'll eventually lag out, you won't be able because they're still rendered off screen. they're still taking up they're still taking up memory Wow, so I, I didn't know that at all yeah, so <laughs> and it's it's a problem that has persisted with the game since two thousand eleven right and they they've never addressed it, and i I don't even know what the purpose would be to to keep them there to to be taking up that memory, but
0: maybe it would be more memory, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a game dev, so... <laughs> yeah. I, like, I think it's just an easy That's a new way goal to, for me, for sure. To be... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, to be able to crash the game again. <laughs> <laughs> um, enough. Another type of <laughs> glitchy game that we got in here is Mass Effect. Um, yeah. And so Mass Effect Andromeda that came out last year had... Some, that's a whole different kind of glitchy. That's a whole other kind of glitchy, kind of a yeah. failure of a game, honestly. Yeah. Facial... Um, facial models look terrible... Their movement models lock up and, you know, glitch through the wall and whatnot. But this the isn't what I'm talking about. The walking
1: animations were crazy. Yeah, People it just Mass had put Mass Effect
0: problems. here for the multiplayer.
1: Specifically the multiplayer. Yeah. We played heavily. We would, um, I mean, it was like on a weekly basis. We would oh go gosh. through and play for several hours. It the was first, awesome.
0: I love it dearly. The first game that I don't, I don't regret... Spending microtransactions
1: on one of the earlier games to do microtransactions. Too. I probably
0: spent hundred bucks oh, on that game.
1: Oh, pretty easily.
0: And one of us would be sitting there, and one of us were quiet, and we're like, "Hey, are you buying? Are you buying more chests?" No. Ooh, I'm gonna
1: buy one too, and we'd all just buy them, <laughs> and then play like five more. rounds. <laughs> but it was the most frustrating thing when you'd be like towards the end of of a of a wave, a match, and suddenly you couldn't heal your teammates anymore. You couldn't... There was, um, there was these uh, health packs. So if you went down, you could pick yourself up by eating a consumable. So mm-hmm. you only had a select number of them for the match. Right. Um, and you could burn one and still not get up. And it was so frustrating. Or you could fall outside of the map sometimes. And, like, yeah. you, just, you were just out until the game was over. And
0: there was sometimes an enemy wouldn't die... Or got
1: stuck somewhere in the map.
0: Yeah, it got stuck and you couldn't reach it. And it's like, oh, you failed the objective. And it's like,
1: screw you, game. No. (laughs) But a new addition to this is actually the Mario Odyssey uh, DLC they just dropped, the Balloon World. Okay, you're going to have to tell me. I don't know. So Balloon World is uh, you get to hide a balloon somewhere in the world. Yeah. And anybody connected to the internet can then go look for your balloon, right? You get... Uh, you get coins based on how many people have attempted to find your balloon, and once it's popped, it's popped, and you you have to go hide another one. Um, really simple, really, really, really fun. Uh, the problem is, everybody who knows how to glitch through the map mm-hmm. is doing that now, and putting so a balloon they're putting in a they're pu- putting balloons outside of the map, outside of the boundaries, in in places you shouldn't ever be able to get to. Yep, and that's it. And so you, you spent, so when you're trying to find someone's balloon, you actually spend some of your coins to go look for it.
0: Gotcha. And so you waste some of your and currency. And so you
1: waste some of your currency looking for it. So it becomes this game of like, do I want to look for this balloon or do I think it's outside of the map? What do I you get for get finding to? a balloon? So every time somebody looks for the balloon and fails, the pot gets a little bigger. Ah. Uh. So very cool. The ones that are glitched, you can start to notice the trend of the ones glitched outside of the map because they're the like so four, big. five, seven hundred right. coins, and uh, but that man, that's really frustrating. The first couple times that you're like, "How did he? What? I, I can't get into this area." Yeah, but it's because it's it's a glitch.
0: That's frustrating.
1: All right, what's up
0: next? Overpriced. <laughs> This is this is out of our control. This isn't gameplay-wise. This is companies. This is companies asking a little too much of their game and not giving enough for what you pay. Yep. Uh, and we would put Destiny on
1: here. Destiny, absolutely. Destiny 1 and 2. Yep. Uh, both of which suffered heavily from... It felt like cut content. It felt mm-hmm. like they took the game and hacked off the end and then tried to sell it back to you for... 20, 30 bucks a pop. Right. And that's,
0: oh, that's it's so not, frustrating. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not, there's really no redeeming quality about that whatsoever. I mean, there are parts of destiny that I absolutely loved. Yeah. Part of destiny Two that I've loved. Um, but it suffers from the same, it's, it suffers from being overpriced from asking too much. It asks you to crack open your wallet too many times. And it not being rewarding enough, and yeah. it just—that's the kind of frustrating that makes me give up on a game, which I have. I've given up on playing Destiny 2 because they're trying to put out content and whatnot, and I just—I can't. I don't know. I just—it doesn't seem fun. It doesn't. It does. It's not done well at all, and I really don't think there's any example <laughs> of being overpriced and frustrating and it doing well because we've had fun with yeah. Destiny it's- and we've had fun with Battlefield. Um for EA, but they they microtransactioned it to death.
1: Yeah, they there's a point where you just start rolling your eyes, like, really, like to continue enjoying this, I've mm-hmm. gotta pay more. That's yeah, it
0: it's it they ask you up front to pay money for a game <laughs> that eventually they they might just screw you over and be like, oh, well, now you have to pay another $30 to get the full pack or to enjoy the maps that everyone else is enjoying. Or to even play with your friends because they've got the content and you don't. So you kind of need to...
1: Yeah, that, absolutely.
0: That makes a game unplayable for me. I trade it in. I stop playing. Being overpriced.
1: Don't do it, you stupid game devs. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> next. Uh, next up is under-supported games. So a lot yes. of these are like games that either showed promise or were actually pretty good that just never found, either they never found their market so they didn't sell well enough to be supported or right. they were abandoned by developers who wanted to move on to the next thing.
0: Or their community. They're or, abandoned by the community. And right. It wasn't profitable for the devs to keep supporting it. Yeah. So Evolve is a, pr- a prime example. <laughs>
1: evolve is a prime, never mind.
0: Alpha. Alpha that
1: just sounded monster. very.
0: I don't know. Base um, um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Evolve, the um you and I were hot in this game.
1: We were I pre-ordered it and I I kicked myself to this day for pre-ordering it cuz I really I <laughs> bought it. Is this is this the game
0: I, that killed pre-orders for you?
1: No, that is No Man's Sky. <laughs> which might Girl. fit on this list, I guess. I, they they have done a phenomenal job at supporting No Man's Sky after launch. In totally. fact, I was just telling you about their their starting to crack open the next uh, ARG to go along with the next update. They gave you a nerdy thing to put in your wallet. I got a nerdy level four gold pass with a secret code on it. It gets him
0: nowhere. It gets me what? all the ladies. <laughs> anyway, under supported. So Evolve, um, it, was a five, it was five person, 4v1. Yeah. One person's a super powerful monster. Four players that are these hunters, and they got to hunt, hunt this monster down. All multiplayer, no, no kind of story
1: campaign. There was some sort of campaign. Uh, it was weak. It was, it, it, was, was weak weak. Sauce. it was an afterthought. Clearly, uh-huh. they did um, a couple DLC packs, mm-hmm. but and then and then uh, they decided, you know what, we're not making enough money. We're going to switch this over to free to play. Right. Which is fine, but like it was like the week that they were supposed to switch the console over to free to play. They announced, you know what? We're not even. We're just gonna stop supporting it. Yeah. We're we're not. We're done. We're out.
0: And it's just dead. And it's just dead. Which is overnight. a shame because it was gorgeous. It sounded great. Oh yeah. Um, the, the guys who did Left for Dead, a bunch of the guys that did Left for Dead did this. Yeah. And we that that got us real stoked. It had
1: great bones.
0: Yeah, it was, but it just fell flat, and that's frustrating. Um, and then what's our next?
1: Start, um, what's
0: our next one on here?
1: Well, to go along with that is also um, Mass Effect Andromeda. The game came out. It didn't get the support. You know, clearly it didn't get the development that it needed. And it then, yeah, it did not have enough time. And then not even six months after it was announced, they said, you know what? We're not even going to do DLC. We're going to put Mass Effect, the title as a whole, on ice.
0: Right, because and just, Andromeda was supposed to launch a new...
1: At least a trilogy. A new,
0: yeah, a new series. And it just yeah. did so poorly.
1: And so there's there's like mysteries and things that they touched on in the game right. that they've announced now they're like we'll just we'll put it out as a as a comic book like we'll right. we'll right. finish the story as we're not going to do DLC we're not going to do right which ah oh, it hurts cuz i love mass effect so much but they
0: they kind of they kind of ruined it
1: yeah they oh they absolutely did this to themselves another one that fits on this title is uh Uh, uh, Borderlands, the pre-sequel
0: under supported,
1: under supported. They, they never released any DLC for it because the the dev got shut down because they didn't have enough support. Uh, uh, Gearbox Gearbox Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, uh, it was a great game. Really good. I played through it. it. It, it, it was somewhere between Borderlands One and Borderlands Two the as pre- far as quality, sequel. The pre-sequel, yeah. Well, <laughs> timeline-wise, yes, but also just quality-wise, it yeah. was it was a, it was a solid game, solid entry. Mm-hmm. It, it did some really fun things, but it, we never saw any DLC for it. We never saw any real raids, right? Which historically
0: like. One and Two got four or five DLC packs, yeah, with and, significant story. Yeah, all of them story. were, yeah, all really of them good were pretty
1: good. Yeah, um, so that was just another unfortunate, like, yeah. casualty and uh, devs consolidating their their assets.
0: And that is frustrating, for sure. Um, our next category of frustrating is... Strategy. My cup of tea. Oh. This, this is my jam. Um, this is so <laughs> good. I could spend hours, hours, just sitting there, and you place a scenario out in front of me, I get a limited number of tools and say, figure it out. Man, I am so there. Um, biggest, biggest example for me, Fire Emblem. I can't remember, uh, Awakening for the 3DS. Yeah. I put 75 some hours into this game. I absolutely love it. It's a, it's a hero. It's kind of like a hero based strategy turn based fighting game. It's, it's normally permadeath. I didn't do permadeath because I'm a wimp. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> because I wanted to see all my characters fleshed out. Um, and so I built my relationship with these characters, and they all got married, and they had kids, and blah, 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 and they were okay. super awesome. It was great. And you, you put them in war, and they start fighting, and it's, it starts out as an overworld map, and you've got your characters and the enemy's characters, and each have turns. Each characters can move a specific amount of spaces. Some are on horses. Some can fly. And, and so you kind of strategize, okay, if I put this person over here first, that will draw the enemies over this, then I can flank them from behind this way. And, and it's just, oh, but there's a river, but you, you, know, you, have to, you have to go over the bridge. And if there's trees, it takes you slower. And I, I just, I like, I lose sleep over games like that because it just, <laughs> it sticks in my brain. And I just think about the next strategy and I play it over and over again. There are some scenarios where I want to get the perfect rating and it's so frustrating, and I was just like, Gah! and the so, 3DS is bad because it's in your hand and you just want to yeah. throw it.
1: Uh, when uh, when when Fire Emblem, I I had the original Fire Emblem for the Game Boy Advance. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so it was the first game I ever played that had permadeath in it, mm-hmm. and if any of your three main characters die, it ends the. Like it ends your game, whatever you start over, Right uh, not like completely over, but you start that engagement over again, um, and so I just always kept those three characters at the back line because I was like. Oh. I I just want to, I'll just level everybody else up. Right. Right? It was going great until I got to the very end of the game when you have to use one of the main characters. And they weren't leveled? Yeah. So they were (laughs) were literally like level three. (laughs) Everybody else was like in the 80s or 90s. And I had to use this level three to try and face single-handedly the the final boss. It didn't work well. And so I never finished the game. And... Yeah, I never revisited Fire Emblem after that. Oh, my gosh. So Awakening you put, is so good. Would you put, like, um, support, like, uh, so this is strategy. Would you put games that are, like, team-based on here? Because, like, Overwatch is huge frustration for me when I'm on a team right. that's just not aware of what's happening.
0: Hmm.
1: Like, people don't play the objective, right?
0: Everyone wants to play their favorite character, not... Team up,
1: got have Genjis a, and Widows, but nobody's gonna sit on the objective,
0: right? Oh, that is frustrating. I yeah, yeah. I would guess, I guess so. But that, I I, I think when you and I have played Overwatch and that has happened, I thought it broke you. There's been a couple <laughs> times where Ryan's gotten so mad, I'm like, oh, he's done with video games forever. Like this is yeah. it. Like this is the time. <laughs> I set
1: that. I set that game aside a lot but they just had their um one of their events and i typically end up getting pulled back in for the events
0: yeah they just they're so good at it
1: they they support that game really well <laughs> but uh, um man it always seems like the red team is coordinated
0: yeah it always seems like the other team has got a well-rounded mm-hmm. um what's the word when you got a healer and a but. support and then a
1: comp, comp- composition
0: composition there you that's go. the one I haven't played Overwatch in a while. Next um, up? Yeah, what's our next flavor?
1: Grindy. Yes,
0: also my jam.
1: <laughs> if I'm going to buy a game to put time into, mm-hmm. might as well be a lot of time.
0: Yep, and that's a grindy game for sure. Yeah. Um, so what does grindy even mean?
1: Like, like grindy would be like if you... Uh, historically, it would be like a... a, a RPG where you're leveling up by defeating hundreds and hundreds of the same enemy over and over mm. so you get little amounts of experience to level up and be more powerful so you can take on the next area where you fight the same guys over and Word over and over, over. and yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: it's, I don't know why it's it's the, I, I I love it
1: it's the cheapest way to drag out a game
0: I, I love it it's for people <laughs> like me it's great it's um and it, it sometimes it feels just like this daily grind where you log in and you you do your quests, so you do your side missions. Oh, there's a new event. Let's grind through that for a week and then you use that stuff to do the next event and I I love it. Scratch, <laughs> scratches that itch. Huh? It's uh, yeah, uh, so Borderlands does this super well. We've talked a lot about Borderlands. Yeah. A lot where you you're you're never really using the same gun for an extended period of time for the first 25 hours <laughs> at least where you're constantly swapping out guns something's better oh this fires this this shield is better in this way and you're constantly just switching switching in and
1: out <laughs> this one reloads 0.1% faster than my other one
0: those the, the green arrows pointing up and the red o- arrows pointing down oh you got me like i'm
1: in <laughs> <laughs> Um, you put down Far Cry on this? Yeah, really basically any of those Ubisoft games that, that do, the, you don't get the incremental like right. upgrades and whatnot, but it's grindy in that there's, you get, you go find a tower, you activate the tower, it unlocks a new part of the map. Right. And then now you've got a hundred new little side quests to do. And it's just, you clear it's out busy that, work. Yeah, it's you all, clear out
0: that area and then you see the next tower and you go there and you kill the outposts. Yeah. And,
1: it's something that they started with Assassin's Creed, which at the time hadn't mm-hmm. really been done, and so it, it was good. It was effective. It, it, it really felt like something unique, but they've redone it so much. Yeah, it's kind of been
0: done to death.
1: Um,
0: um, yeah, absolutely. Uh,
1: another one that falls into this is a lot of um, free-to-play games. <laughs> if you want to play a free-to-play game yep. without spending money... <laughs> You're going to grind forever.
0: And I hate microtransactions, but I put a considerable amount of time into a few mobile games that, that are really generous up to a point. Yeah. And when I start to feel that the grind isn't worth it, I'll go a little bit past that, and then I'll stop. Gotcha. <laughs> if that makes any
1: sense, that makes sense.
0: So yeah, a lot of a lot of they call them freemium games.
1: Yeah, there was a game that just recently came out for the Switch called uh, Brawlout. Yeah, and it was it was set up as if it was gonna be a microtransaction based game that you would buy gems or whatever to to unlock characters. Yeah, but then at the last minute they pulled the microtransaction, so it was just incredibly grindy. Yeah, and no way to shorten it. <laughs> you like. Ugh. Yeah. You once you got to a a certain level, all of your level up rewards diminished, like jeez, st- steeply. Yeah, uh, it was that was a that was a rough one.
0: I played a game. Uh, I still have it on my phone. It's called Gumballs and Dungeons. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's Gumballs this game. Uh, this game out of North Korea, and it just not North Korea. I don't know. One of those Koreas. Cut that, please. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> China? China. China, Korea? No, Gumballs and Dungeons. Super grindy, puzzly, strategy. I I fell in love with it. I clocked in every day. I collected my stuff. I did a couple dungeons. They're a little timer. You can you can play in 10 more hours. I'm like, okay. And I put it in my pocket, and then I'd be <laughs> done. It was great. I loved it.
1: There was a Star Wars game for a little while. Star Wars Uprising, maybe? I think that might be what it's called. For mobile? Yeah. I haven't heard. Of and it. you could, yeah. It didn't last very long, and they actually—that's another one that probably should fall under the unsupported, because uh, or under supported. A lot of those. Uh, that's a, but a Star Wars game that just dropped off. That was, that was yeah, weird. It's very strange. Anyway, what's our next uh, next category right here? Hand holding or lack holding. thereof, games that uh, either just spit you out and say, "Here you go." Yep. Uh, or games that just, hey, listen you you to death. <laughs> so a good uh, a good example of uh, games that uh, don't hold your hand at all would probably be um, uh, Morrowind, or just in general the, uh, the the Elder Scrolls series. Skyrim. They've, Skyrim they've gotten did it better. progressively better. Right. The original uh, Hammerfall, I think, was one. Is that? Daggerfall. I don't remember Daggerfall. That's what it was. Um, Daggerfall and the other one Arena. <laughs> Arena, Jeez, wow, you're, <laughs> you're showing off. I your feel so cool knowledge. right now. <laughs> uh, those games literally didn't tell you anything. Yeah, like you had to, you had to intuit what was going to happen, and more often than not, look up a tutorial. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm, they've mm-hmm. gotten increasingly better with each installment, but man, even Oblivion was. Right. I, I never finished Oblivion because it dropped me into the world and I just kind of ran off and did some stuff. <laughs> and then when I finally found the main story, I was too high a level and the way that the game was set up was that as you level, the enemies level with you. Yeah. Uh, so the area that I needed to go with had like enhanced enemies or whatever. And so I, I couldn't do anything. Right. I couldn't fight them at all. And so I put it down and never picked it up again.
0: There was a quest, again, me and my side quest. I have a problem. There was a side quest in Oblivion that I was so stuck on, and I had to look up a tutorial. And it's like you have to, uh, you have to sleep in a bed to further this up. (laughs) Obviously. And I was like, you what? And I, in in games, I don't sleep in beds. Like they're like, oh, you know, this is how you pass the time. It's like, uh, I'll just this is how you refresh your heart. So it's like, no, I'll just eat some food or whatever. <laughs> or I'll just kind I'll of I'll with walk. Time. Uh, it's nighttime. Okay. I'll just walk through the night. Like it's no big deal. And so I never slept in oblivion. I always, wait. It, there's, there's a, there's an option to wait. Yeah.
1: If you right, needed right. to wait
0: some time, you would just wait six hours.
1: Actually a button. That's, there's a button
0: that's waiting for six hours and you stand there and the time passes. So there's no point in sleeping. That was so frustrating. I was like, <laughs> um, but a really good instance of actually bad hand-holding to good hand-holding in the same game, in the same game series is Zelda. Skyward Sword, out for the Wii, um, notoriously bad for how much your little guide pops up and tells you what to do, tells you how to do it, tells you when to do that thing. Hey, did you remember? Hey, and she pops out, and she lives in your sword, Fee. Yeah. And you're just like... Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up! <laughs> and you just don't, you just... Let me play my game. Okay, I can do this. Hey, don't forget. And then it's we, which was notorious for... Hey, you've been playing for a long time. You should take a break.
1: Hey, rest your eyes. You
0: should go outside. And she would do... She would do that. She would, <laughs> she would do that. She would come out and be like, Hey, you've played for a long time. You want to take a break? Like, don't... Ugh. If you want me to throw down a game, tell me to take a break.
1: What is this? South Korea? Wait,
0: what? Um, And then Breath of the Wild comes out, and it gets praised for not holding your hand at all, but giving you the tools right away. Hey, you can climb any surface. Hey, you can glide. Hey, any of these weapons, they're going to break, but you can use them. Go for it. And it's like, that's it. There's the castle. Go take them out. Or do these side quests and stuff. Go for it.
1: And it's like, it's just, it's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. To it, the to the point, like, they, they really let you go explore things and figure it out for yourself to the point where uh, there are some mechanics that they don't really talk about. Right. Uh, like, so uh, a lot of times in Breath of the Wild, you'll find rusted weapons laying mm-hmm. around. Did you know that you can throw those into a specific... Like, there's a specific enemy that sucks stuff up. Yeah. If you throw them into those, mm-hmm. it'll spit them back out all yep. nice and shiny and new.
0: There's, that's, there's all kinds that's of so complex subtle. systems like that where you just you just have to figure it out. But once you do, you feel so... It seems frustrating at first as you try to explain it. They don't tell you everything. But, like, when you, when you figure it out for yourself, when you see an enemy that you can't take down, you can try... Sure, it's not going to stop you, but you're going to want to come back to that thing later. The frustration is going to drive you to get better weapons, more hearts, and stuff like that equipped be better to go and take it out later.
1: Yeah, you could. Um, I think they they said this before that you could go straight to the final boss if you were there's, good enough.
0: There's a video on YouTube of a guy beating it in 45 minutes. That's insane. He's got a stick and a shield, <laughs> and that's it. And he got his underpants. <laughs> It goes in and takes them out. So that's a, that's a, those, it's between those two games, it's polar opposites. Literally won't let you do anything unless it tells you how to do it. And then lets you do anything unless you figure it out. And the frustration that you get from that drives you to be better. That's why I have 108 hours played in it so far. (laughs) And I'm not done. Nice. I'm so good. All right. One last frustration. Last frustrating flavor of frustrating.
1: Dark Souls and Dark Souls-like games. Screw those games all day. <laughs> I just ugh, no. I don't mind a challenge, but I, I don't know about this trend of like the super hard. Uh, it not like I've tried to play those games, mm-hmm. and it's it's engineered in a way to subvert the way that you've always played video games, right? To make it more frustrating and more difficult.
0: It's And it's not just like The enemies are really hard It's You're really weak And remain really weak And remain really weak And remain really weak And then they design the whole place They design the whole place With geography That doesn't mesh well with your controls And you'll fall And you'll fall And you'll roll And dodge an attack But you'll fall off a cliff There's cliffs everywhere Why are there cliffs everywhere? Why do I have to climb up this 100-foot ladder to get knocked down? They literally have people waiting, enemies waiting at the top of ladders that takes you five minutes to climb up. <sighs> <laughs> I hate this game.
1: <laughs> that, that is not a series that interests me in the slightest. I had, I, uh, I had a
0: weird little, hey, my friend has this game. Let me borrow it. Let's see how it is. Everyone, you know, people I follow on YouTube are playing it and they have a lot of fun. I'm getting frustrated right
1: now <laughs> just thinking about it. So those are our flavors of frustrating mm-hmm. uh, things and quirks and designs that, uh, that that make our interesting life as gamers a little more yeah flavorful.
0: That push you into the game or push you away from it. There's really no in-between. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what do you guys think? Do you, uh, do you have any other flavors that you would add to that list? Do you have any games that we missed that should have been on those? Yeah, and you can play along with us. Have you heard of us? <laughs> yeah, let us know about games that uh, you guys know about that we've probably not heard. So that brings us to the end
0: of this episode of The Social Platypus. But please go to Twitter, uh, Facebook, Find us out there. Follow our stuff. We're kind of revamping some ideas. We've got some things in the works um, of some stuff that we're working on. Uh, we're really excited to share with you guys. So follow us on Twitter at Social Platypus. Um, you can follow me at Beardy Hoja. Where can they find you, Ryan?
1: You can find me at Harbjagen. That's H-A-R-B-J-A-G-E-N. Yeah. And Ryan Devere at Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> at Facebook.com.
0: Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, but that is it. Have a great night. Bye-bye.